Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. It has been a few weeks since our last movie show. There are just so many movies to review at this time of year. But the news does not stop. With a new Batman, officially, remember the ugly Sonic? They're going to fix it and Christopher Nolan drops details on his next movie. There's a chunk of trailers though, um, including the new Terminator and the latest Pixar movie. So let's get into it. Trailer talk. Starting with Terminator Dark Fate. This is the new one. It's still Jim a stupid title. Cameron. <laughs> it's better than Genesis. <laughs> it's better than Genesis. Genesis. Jim Cameron is back for the first time since 91. That was uh, Terminator 2, yes. And he's yes. brought Linda Hamilton back with him. Yes. We get a brief glimpse of Arnie in this trailer. Beard. Yeah. Not enough Arnie for me, if I'm honest. Too much of that other guy. That's the new Terminator. Mm. Do you know, like, what I'm getting from this, and I get it, like, this is, again, going to be, like, the true sequel to Terminator 2, um, but what what I'm getting from this, and I like that Linda Hamilton's back, she's being badass, James Cameron's back, so, you know, there's hope there, but I feel like we are just treading the same beats again, you know, there's a new Terminator that's, you know, powerful, there's... Old Arnie. But then there's yeah. the Lady Terminator. That's a little bit different where she claims to be human, but there's obviously she's part machine. There's something going on. But it's on. like they've done that as well with like, you know, half human, half Terminator type thing. I just feel like even though this is going to be the true sequel, which they've said multiple times with previous movies, I know like this one we have more faith in, but I just, just watching it, I was just like, ah, there's nothing new here except for Linda Hamilton the- coming back. I like the look of Genesis. You know, it had something going for it. I mean, it pretty much played out the greatest hits of Terminator. Mm. Which, you know, for the most part, I did enjoy those aspects. But that movie just went off the deep end. and It was a very fun movie. I'm but... happy to leave it behind. I remember you enjoyed it more than I did. But you did like Amelia Clark in that movie. Uh, y- yes, I did. But no remember, longer Sarah Connor. But remember, One like, done. they did Terminator 3, right? And then they like they did the fourth one. They were like, look, let's forget about the third one. Let's just go back. Let's go back and do something different. Then they did Genesis and they were like, look, let's forget three. Let's forget Salvation. And let's make a sequel. Now they're doing it. they got Dark Fate. Let's ignore everything. Just I just feel like they're just doing it again and again and again. If this one doesn't work or give them the right box office numbers, in five years' time, they're going to say... Terminator 6, uh, this is the true sequel to Terminator. Like, when will they stop? I mean, not just on the big screen, we've got the Sarah Connor Chronicles for two seasons on TV. Yeah. So much Terminator. But I am curious what they're going to be doing with Arnie here. Can you remember, there was a computer game, I can't remember the name of it or if it was a tie into a film, and it had a flashback, and it had Arnie in the game, but it was the person... That the machine was based on, like, was designed to oh, look wow. like. Oh, wow. No, I have no idea. And what I'd is. always found that interesting. And when they've been talking about new Terminator films, I mean, they've never done it, but I've always thought, I wonder if now they're going to you do see, that. That would be something new. Something new. And because it, what I mean, I'm new, but they've done it before, but well, not in a movie. But not in a movie. Yeah. But what I'm getting from this trailer is that, okay, we're getting old Arnie again, so it's sort of like, you know, that T800 model, but he's just aged. You know, we, we understand that it's the synthetic skin. But which real. one is he, though? Because Terminator 2, the good Arnie, died. Thumbs up. Yeah, that was the whole thing. <laughs> That's an awesome part of the movie. Yeah. Um, but it's always about yes, Sarah true. Connor. Always. And now they're protecting this girl. Why are you trying to protect her? 
because she's like me or like you know she's going through what i went through so i need to protect her so she's like the new john connor or something right like cameron has come out and said that he will be in this robert not Phelan. cameron but <laughs> john connor will be in this and movie. is robert Furlong? i doubt it that would be cool though if he does come back as i mean they bring linda hamilton back let's just 100 percent connective tissue for it. the fans yes but i mean we know behind the scenes furlong did have problems for a long time Right. You know, at one point in a home video release, he, he was in a Crow movie as the Crow. Oh, wow. Crazy. <laughs> so that's Terminator and a little bit of the Crow. Rambo, Last Blood. We've known about this film for a long time. We've seen all the pictures that Stallone has put up of himself as Rambo on social media, looking like a cowboy <laughs> with this trailer. It looks and starts. You get that Western feel. You've got Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, he's he's got to be stoked. Got a good paycheck from that. Uh. What do you think to this? Because we've got those first three Rambo movies, mm. which I feel are very different to the fourth one. Yeah. And I would say the fourth one would be my go-to as a favourite. I generally like that movie. It's so... it's. It, I mean, that was so different in tone in... They, they knock up the violence to it. More Intense of a bloodthirsty yeah. action movie. But that movie ended for me perfectly. He went home. Yeah, and now he's back doing more stuff. He's in, like... Is it like the desert? It's not quite the desert. More like the West, like you said. I just think the older that Stallone gets... Like, in this movie, I don't see Rambo. I just see old man Stallone. Admittedly, I'm a big Stallone fan. (laughs) So I will watch this movie. I'm interested in more Rambo. But whether it's him... Mumbling as Rocky, mumbling as Rambo. I just see Old Man Stallone. The biggest, the big vibe I get from this trailer is a comparison to, I guess, Logan. You know, Old Man Wolverine, Old Man. I forgot his name. Old Man Rambo. But that was, but Logan, like Old Man Logan, was by choice, by design. Yeah, Stallone is just aged, so therefore he's Old Man Rambo. It was a choice with Hugh Jackman. Like they aged him up in the movie. That's a good point. Yes. But it's more Rambo. But I just, I, to... I don't know. I feel as though that last Rambo was the end. But we're getting more, and it's Rambo yeah. killing people, makeshift weapons in a barn. It looks like a good action flick. That's what it does. Yeah, lots of energy. And you know, they've got the poster out there. He's got the bow and arrow. It's what you associate with Rambo. In its last blood, has to be the last time. It's a good title. <laughs> it is. And we've got the kitchen. First trailer, this is a movie based on the comic by DC Vertigo. So this is a sneaky film. Yeah. This is one that's just popped up. It's been talked about for a while. I did start reading the comic. I think it was only like a four or five issue series. I purposely stopped when they announced the movie. I don't think that's what the publisher wants people to do. But I stopped because I thought, <laughs> I don't want the, the story spoiled. Yeah, they definitely want you to do the opposite of that. So I forgot about the movie. <laughs> and then this trailer just popped up and it's like, huh. This is, I know it's DC Vertigo, but this is a DC movie that wasn't on my radar. And it's a sneaky movie because Mm. people will pay attention, potentially watch this movie without realising they're actually watching a DC film. Yeah, but it's good. These smaller projects, sometimes you get a little bit better quality from them. And you know what? We've been saying for the longest time, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, Melissa McCarthy does have a good role in her somewhere. She just needs she just needs the opportunity and the I guess the she just needs the stuff to to deliver it. She's a good actress. 
she is. She's just been given a lot of crap, <laughs> like, roles. This seems like it could be her could be her time to shine. Well, she did Bridesmaids, and that role, she did very well. So, therefore, she was that person, and that's who people wanted in their movies. Yeah. What I really liked is when she was in Spy, that wasn't a movie written for her, but she really went after it. If that was for her from the get-go, it would have been a very different character. But she was acting to a person that wasn't written for her. And that helped a little bit. And I really <laughs> liked her, her performance in that. And the movie itself, I love. I think that is a great movie. Probably my favourite Paul Feig movie. I know most people would say Bridesmaids. Not many people would say Ghostbusters. But I would go <laughs> Spy. We've got Tiffany Haydish in this. That yep. I think she's great. I first saw her on the Carmichael show. And she's just blown me away. From her and first you've been saying for the longest time, you're like, keep an eye on her. She's going to be doing things. And yeah, at one she point, is doing things. I thought she could have been the go-to for the new Men in Black movie, but obviously they went with Tessa Thompson. But I, yeah, I think she is really good. And Elizabeth Moss, she's someone that I've not really seen. Like, I know she's mainly known for The Handmaid's Tale. That's yeah. a show that she was I don't in watch. Russ. Uh, not Russ. She was in Us. Well, that's where I saw her for the first time, really. And then now she's in this, and I'm liking what she's I'm seeing. popping up everywhere. So this is a great cast. Uh, it's crime, New York in the 70s. I'm liking the, the style of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think this is one to watch. Tone, vibe, the look, um, and the performances that we're getting in this trailer. I'm like, wow, this is something decent. Yeah, so I'm very interested now. So we will be putting out a review, I believe. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and the last trailer... Oh, no, sorry... The last movie trailer, we have Onward. This is the Tom Holland and Chris Pratt movie, Pixar's Onward. Yes. This looks bloody brilliant. You reckon it looks brilliant? Yes. Wow. I really like it. So we're presented with a magical landscape. Yeah. And it's got, oh, okay, because I didn't know anything about this movie going in. So watching the trailer, you know, magical landscape. Okay, so I know what this is going to be. It reminded me of Disenchanted, the Netflix show. That's what yeah. it is. A little bit of disenchanted, a little bit of Shrek. But then all of a sudden, present day. Yeah. you got people yeah. going to work. You, you know, it, it just looks like a lot of fun. I mean, what Pixar does is, you know, they take a world or a concept and then bring it to life. The best comparisons to this would be probably Monsters, Inc., maybe. You know, you've got a whole world, an actual but it's a ho- running, I mean, that's existing, a living world. Yeah. But it's a whole world doing one thing. Yeah. Scaring people. Yes. Whereas this, you know, you've got a mailman, you've got a gardener, you know, it's just everyday lives, everyday jobs. Mm. And Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. It took me, I didn't realise it was Chris Pratt first, and I was like, whose voice is that? Who's, and that's what I did know then, going in. And then halfway through, I was like, is that Chris Pratt? Is it? And yeah, and then his name popped up on the screen. I was like, oh, well, thank you. Look, this, in terms of Pixar, this doesn't excite me as much as you know, what has come before sort of thing. Um, it looks decent. It At the moment, it's still sort of hovering in that. Eh, it just looks like an animated movie to me. But I don't get excited by all Pixar movies. Like, I don't even know if I'm remembering the title, right? The Little Dinosaur. The Good Dinosaur. See? The Good Dinosaur. See, I was excited I about seen, that. I ha- well, you like dinosaurs. And then it, and then it disappointed You're me. You're a Jurassic Park kid. And you like it disappointed me. It was made for you and disappointed. It picks out dinosaurs. Oh, my God. And it didn't work. <laughs> I've not seen that one. And Coco is another one I've not seen. So, that's, to me, I wasn't excited about Coco. But then I watched it and amazing. It's very good. 
I mean, I've not like purposely not watched Coco. It's just, you know, I've got kids and they're not interested in Coco. Maybe that's if it. I put it on, an interest would be there. And there's maybe more Pixar films, but that's at least two that I can pick, say, not seen them or I've not been too interested. Yeah. But there's, there's something about Onward and it looks like a good movie. And the last trailer we're going to talk about is TV, Batwoman. Okay, so I avoided this one. I'm not up to date <clears throat> with the Arrowverse and all those happening. So I'll let you take over and... Well, this is the first full look in the trailer for Batwoman where we've got Ruby Rose, Kate Kane in the full costume. We did see her in the Elseworlds TV event. So we've seen her before, but the costume looks slightly different here. I think she's got a, a better a better wig. A uh, couple a of things... Wig. Oh, honestly. <laughs> the wig in... was bad. But... <laughs> yes. The event itself was brilliant, but I just feel like, I mean, Kate Kane, she's rich. Maybe not Bruce Wayne rich, but she's rich. So when she's wearing the wig as Batwoman, it looks like a wig. And I feel as though she could, she could have got a more expensive looking wig. Anyway, <laughs> too much wig talk. She looks, the costume, the wig looks better here. We do now know that Batwoman will be set before the events of Elseworlds. Which oh, I'm interested in. Okay. So when you first see her in this, she discovers the bat suit for the first time. So she's finding out Bruce, her cousin, was actually Batman. We're seeing the Arrowverse bat suit looks a lot better than the Gotham bat suit. I'll tell you, <laughs> it looks like a, a good suit. And she goes out, and at first in the trailer, she's wearing the Batman suit. So of course, oh. a man is getting all the credit, right. which she doesn't like. So she's like, we it. need to modify this suit. Credit where credit is due. It's good that you're going to get an origin story for her. Obviously, she jumps straight into that crossover event. So, yeah, go back and we'll catch up, I guess, eventually. Yeah, I'm I'm into this. I think it looks really good. We know that Stephen Amell has one more season left as Arrow, and then he's done. So they kind of need someone to fill that void. Maybe Batwoman will be that character. And that's it for Trailer Talk. On to Movie News. I guess keeping it all Batman related. Yes. Um, here we are. I mean, it was rumoured, it was talked about, but it wasn't official yet. But now, officially, we have the new Batman for the Batman, Robert Pattinson. Where do we start? Look, people criticise him. You know, they, they jump straight to those Twilight movies that he was in. Um, and I guess they bring him down because of that. He's done a lot of um, smaller projects since then. He's sort of crafted his own sort of reputation in a in another sector of the movie world. He is a pretty good actor. Um, do you know what? He actually he looks the part. He's got that square jaw, chin thing. I think he can play a young Bruce Wayne as well as put on the cape and cowl and deliver a Batman in a, in a younger sense. Like, he, he's quite youthful looking. So I'm, I'm all for it. I only watched the first Twilight movie and realised straight away... This movie's not for me. 100%, sure. But seeing how people reacted to Twilight being a phenomenon, you know, whether you like Twilight or not, you can't deny what he did in that part. He did well. Since then, you're right, he's moved away, he's done smaller parts, and admittedly, I've not seen those movies. But I know that he's done a lot in his received critical acclaim. He's been noticed by big-time directors. Mm. And he's been noted as somebody to watch. But again, I've not seen them. But I have confidence in Matt Reeves as the director. 
And you're right, he does have the looks of Bruce Wayne. I'm completely open-minded with this, and I do think we could get a good Batman here. Did you hear that this is not a modern-day Batman? This film will be set in the 90s. Okay, okay. So it's not altogether kicking Ben Affleck to the side. I know he's hung up the cow. So this potentially could still be a prequel. Of course it could. Set within the DCEU or whatever we call it. Yep, and it is a planned trilogy. That's... Do you know what? That is fine. If Yeah, and Robert Pattinson, if he eventually turns into a Ben Affleck-type-looking kind of human being, that's fine. And you know what? They never even have to. Like They could yeah. do these Pattinson movies away from Man of Steel. Because we're, we're introduced to Batman at the end of his career, or that's towards it. the end we, in Batman yeah, v exactly. Superman. We can get a, a nice, knit three-piece story to this young Batman and maybe by the end of his third movie, you know, he's sort of, he's still got a few decades until he even gets to that Batman versus Superman sort of era. I mean, there's been so many stop starts with Batman on the big screen. And now we know who he is. Robert Pattinson will be Batman. There's talks of Robin and the Riddler appearing in this movie. But not only that, lots of bat characters, bat villains. Mm. You know, I guess just fleshing out the world. So not necessarily big parts, but just... World building. Well, I think again, like when we when we got to that Ben Affleck Batman, there was so much history that was sort of implied. But it all gone. It yeah. had gone. This is the time to let's explore that and have fun with it. And I think go more into the into the crazy fun aspects of of the Batman lore. You know, the Nolan movies did what they did, and they were really good. But they kept it grounded and. Let's go comic book and crazy. Not as far as Schumacher, but let's go. Yeah, I don't think we're going that far. But they're, they're definitely going to be showing us Batman. The detective. We're going to get to see yeah. his smarts, not just his fighting skills. And in the sequel, or the third film, let's get Bat Family, but done well. Sorry, Chris O'Donnell. But <laughs> <laughs> And this is due out June 2021. I mean, not far. Two years. Yeah, I was going to say one year. That is two years. It is two years. I don't know when I am. I'm okay with that. Did you hear who the runner-up was with Pattinson? Um, I remember a name, but Nicholas I don't... Nicholas Holt. Yeah. Apparently, he came close... But he impressed them that much. There's talks now that it could be up for the Riddler. I was just thinking, I was like, he has the face for the Riddler. And I like that. And this has happened before, hasn't it? Killian Murphy. He went for Bruce Wayne, Batman in Batman Begins. And he ended up playing the Scarecrow. Better choice. So sometimes yeah. when an actor makes a big enough impression, impression, maybe they're not right for the big role, mm. but a role. And Holt could be in this. And I, I watched him last night in The Favourite where he plays a complete git. But he's great. You know, ever since About a Boy, I've liked him as an actor. So it would be good if he's still included. New Gods. We've talked about this movie before. It was announced that Ava DuVernay was going to be directing. And then it kind of went away for a while. And we didn't hear too much it about it. It went quiet, didn't it? Yeah. But now it's been announced that Mr. Miracle writer Tom King will co-write the film. I love this decision. King currently writes DC's Batman. He offered a revamped take on Mr. Miracle in a 12-issue series with artist Mitch Jarrett, which focused on Scott Free, his relationship with wife Big Barda. So it was more interpersonal relationship than big superhero battles. But they did have this thing going with Darkseid, but I don't want to spoil it. 
great maxi series if you've not read it. But just bringing the guy from the comics that's just spent so much time with his character and pairing him with the movie people. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I love it. Yeah, like, why why break the equation? No details of the movie have been announced yet. Characters and concepts from the New Gods and the Fourth World did appear or were central to the Justice League movie. So we've kind of seen a little bit, but that's very underwhelming for what the New Gods (laughs) actually is. Thanks, Justice League. But (laughs) it looks like we're going to be backtracking and we're going to get presented with a true New Gods movie, like the the Fourth World presented Mm. as it should be. Like you said, like... What you've mentioned there, like if if they keep it like sort of very in, intimate and within, just sort of the character relationship with all this big stuff sort of going on, semi almost in the background as a, you know, just as a plot device as a setting, that sounds wonderful. I've always thought, you know, why not? I mean, this is this is more impressive what's happening here. Actually, having the guy from the comics co-writing the movie, but I've always thought, even as a consultant, why not get the comic guys? Yeah, like, do you know, like they write monthly stories and now fortnightly you know the with double shipping on a regular basis they are writing living breathing these characters ask them for advice exactly i mean sometimes the the two mediums things don't work when you you know put something into like a two hour two and a half hour you know motion picture as opposed to a 30 page comic or something but there's definitely the characters, the, the motives, personalities, and that's what all I mean, those things to consult. Bring those things over, like yeah. But with this, like Mister Miracle again, it's, it's twelve issues, so that's a thick trade, and you know that's not enough for a movie. You'd have to you know pad it out some mm. more. Like when we do reviews for the DC animated movies, you know when we talked about the Killing Joke, they had to add extra story because the comic itself wasn't long enough to be a movie. But then that but just ways work around for... it. Probably not the best example, but I was using that as an example <laughs> exactly, of like, yeah. having to pad out the story yeah, to either, make it into a movie. Either pad out or reduce. goes both ways. A um, bit of uh, Marvel Studios news. Kevin Feige says that um, Marvel Studios plans to reintroduce the Ten Rings from Iron Man into the MCU, um, this time fronted by the real Mandarin. Now, it's been many years, so I'm not even going to give a spoiler warning, but Iron Man 3... We had the Mandarin, who wasn't a Mandarin. He was Trevor Slattery. Slattery, well done. It just stayed with me. (laughs) (laughs) I can never forget. Um, That Killian guy announced that he himself was actually the Mandarin, and it it wasn't him. And then there was that one shot, which they were doing back in the day, um, which reintroduced the true Mandarin, or the concept of the true Mandarin. So the already introduced the idea that, that he is yeah. out there somewhere and now with a certain character not around ah oh, nah screw it now that Iron Man's not around it's I was just going to say spoilers <laughs> for Avengers Endgame eh, you did it we did it um if you listen to us come on you've seen it you've seen the movie um it, it's weird to have to be like look we're, we're now going to do the Mandarin but without Iron Man I think this is genius right we had the Infinity Saga, and it was all about Thanos, the Infinity Gauntlet. Now, it's about the Ten Rings. So other items that need to be found across the world, the universe, or however far. Do you actually do you think the Ten Rings is big enough to be... I think there's potential here. And it is going to be hard for some people to get over Iron Man 3, because it did burn a lot of people. But the thing that I like most about the Ten Rings 
The Mandarin being an Iron Man villain, you mentioned that Tony Stark is no longer around. So <gasps> That's having, why he's come out. But having the big threat for like the next saga be related to Iron Man, whether it's just in the comics or the adapting right, you know for what? the big screen, I really like that because they need something big that isn't always that's always in the background but you don't always see or hear about on screen and that's what Thanos was he was always looming in the background you know coming at it from that angle yeah you've already you've turned me around wow cool it sounds like Kevin Feige might know what he's doing <laughs> I just he hasn't proven himself yet so I don't <laughs> I mean maybe I mean what's Spider-Man Far From Home the 23rd or is that the 22nd 20th Third, fourth, maybe? 23rd, thereabouts, but maybe that'll be the <laughs> movie to turn you around. Do you think, you know what, <laughs> this Kevin Feige knows what he's doing. Maybe. The next Star Wars movies, they are confirmed to be from Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Moving away from Skywalkers, this is the new trilogy after The Rise of Skywalker, and the first one will be due to arrive in 2022. Yeah, and that's, again, that Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar. So Pacing themselves. Yeah, so one every two years. Sure. It's still too much Star Wars, but sure. I would lean more towards too much Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with a Star Wars movie every two years mm. if it's pushing the story forward. Yep. And, but then we are going to get Star Wars on TV. But the Game of Thrones guys, like we've admitted on the podcast many times before, we don't and haven't watched Game of Thrones. But people obviously like what they're doing. <laughs> sure. Unless we're talking about the final season, but we didn't watch it. Oh, we no. just know what people have said about it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm interested. You know, the the films after the Skywalkers. So let's see what they've yeah. got. But you mentioned Avatar there. I did. Thank you for that. Glorious segue. Um, Jermaine Clement uh, is set to join the cast of James Cameron's upcoming Avatar sequels, the many of them, as marine biologist David Ian Garvin. So, cool. Yes. I mean, this is the <laughs> Fly to the Concords guy. It is. One of, or half of, and that's what I always knew him as, and then he popped up in Men in Black 2 with two heads. He was in that. Oh, Men in Black 3. No, the three. He three. didn't have two heads. I'm getting him mixed up with Johnny Knoxville. One of those two people are offended. <laughs> That's right. He was the big bad in the third film. The character I closely associate him with now, because of my eldest daughter, is Tomatoa. Is that that crab? It's the crab from Moana. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, the David Bowie-styled song that he sings. Bowie's and of course, he's on TV's, <laughs> he's on TV's Legion, I guess, you know, keeping uh, yeah, his comic book related. But okay, I thought it's worth chucking it in there, a little bit of Avatar news. I wasn't interested enough to stay talking about Avatar because I ended on Moana, but still, <laughs> bit of casting news for that. Did you know that we're getting the new Mortal Kombat movie? Mortal Kombat! Still, to this day, love that song. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, the movie came out in 95. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Ooh, it's approaching its 25th anniversary. <laughs> a few years. <laughs> uh, well, a film reboot is in the works. Film producer James Wan with production scheduled to begin this year in Australia. I believe South Australia, but it's at least Australia. I can narrow it down to Australia. That's close. (laughs) Filming it here. That's cool. It is cool. Um, They've got to bring the song back, though. Come on. Just do like an updated version of it. Even if it's just over the credits, like end credits. um... You know what? 
play the, the original version. <laughs> just play it. Just use that song. If they don't play that song, ridiculous. It'll just be, you know what they do? You know, like, someone's phone will ring and it'll be like... Dun, dun, dun. You know, originally Spielberg was going to have a cameo in that movie. Really? That first original one? Yeah, the Why? opening. I think it's like the first six, seven minutes and you've got Luke Cage and he's making a movie, like the filming his movie, and he gets called away for the competition. In real life, Spielberg was a big fan of the computer game. Right. So he agreed to be, have a cameo. But at the last minute, he got called away for another project, ah. something he was working on. So if you go back and watch, there's a guy directing Luke Cage who looks very much like Steven Spielberg. Mm. They almost had him. Almost had him. Oh, well, he managed to get that role though in uh, Austin Powell's Gold Member. That's him. true. Yeah. That's true. He played the long game and he finally got to play a director <laughs> on screen. Um, John Wick, Chapter 4. Have you seen the third movie yet? Not yet, but I really want to. Well, there you go. Well, you better do it before the next instalment, um, which has been confirmed May 21st, 2021. And we're also still getting the TV series, The Continental. That's coming as well. And Reeves is said to have a cameo, at least in the pilot. Surely, yeah. This movie is a bit of a grey area because one half of the podcast loves John Wick. The other, I don't even know if you've seen that. Nah, man. That's why we will not be putting out a review of John Wick Chapter 3. But I tell you, the third one looks good, man. I know these these two movies, the first two films, and I love them. And I know what you I've like got because we've been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. So it blows my mind. You know that I you don't like watch these movies. 100%. I just haven't done it yet. But, you know, like, like I said, that third one looks really good. I will get to them. I just... And you know what? The first one, the second one also look and no, are really good. Fair enough. And no, I'm sure they are. That first movie, John Wick kills, like, 84 people. I've got to watch these movies. A huge <laughs> amount of people. I've got to watch it. And it's really entertaining. And there's, honestly, so much credit has to go to Keanu Reeves because you can see that he's really pushing himself in, in these movies. And the stunts, the camera does not leave him. A lot of the time, it is Reeves. He's doing it. I mean, admittedly, he does have a stunt person. He has to for certain scenes. But he is in it. He is doing it. And he is a tour de force as an actor and a character in these John Wick movies. It's everything you say. Honestly. It's, just sounds they wonderful. They're like, so good. Like, And he's, oh, man, the stunts are incredible. Ah, oh, it sounds so good. Yeah, I really should get on it. Okay, yeah. A little bit of Ghostbusters news. Bill Murray says he's ready to do another film. Another Ghostbusters And I'm film. hoping that means as... Venkman, right? This new movie, Ghostbusters 3, is a continuation of those first two movies, therefore it's set in the world. So if he appears? The original Ghostbusters aren't said to be the focus, but we're years removed from them first being introduced onto the scene. So if Bill Murray is in this film, he's now showing interest, it would be ridiculous for him not to be Peter Venkman. It also would not it would not make sense. So But he did have a cameo in the Paul Feig movie. But he did that because he was a fan of the actresses. But this time, yeah, we could actually get him back as Venkman. I mean, we know Dan is going to pop up. You try and stop him. <laughs> it's just going to be Dan Aykroyd's head, like the first opening shot. I mean, Here we are. <laughs> nobody. I mean, we like talking Ghostbusters, don't get me wrong. But Dan Aykroyd. And no one likes talking about it. He likes it. talking about it even more. He dreams about it. Um, what he's actually recently said... Next story. Um, Dan O'Croy says that he's written a Ghostbusters prequel and is waiting for Jason Reitman to read it. What's the name of that prequel? Tell me. Ghostbusters High. What do you think that could be? And no, the fact that he says 
Okay, without the without the knowledge that it's supposed to be a prequel, I would assume. Okay, we had Ghostbusters one and two. After that, you know, like they opened a school where they trained Ghostbusters, sort of X Men style. You know, Xavier's school for ghost busting kids. But the fact that it's a prequel makes zero sense. The prequel to the first Ghostbusters movie, or the prequel to this third film. This is a movie that would have to be set in the 50s, 60s, and it's following Ray, Egon, and Peter in high school. But they're not Ghostbusters. No, because it's a prequel, and they become Ghostbusters in that first movie. So it's just them at high school? Well, I'm assuming he's written it as if it's them first coming into contact with ghosts, and I'm guessing that Peter would be the naysayer, and maybe... Because there's going to be a reason why Egon and Ray are so into it. And I guess that's what it's going to tease. But isn't it a weird thing that if you think back to Ghostbusters 2, Jason Reitman is a kid at that party. He had a cameo Mm. in the film that was directed by his dad, Ivan Reitman. And he was that kid. He was an extra. All these years later, now Dan Aykroyd is going to him, looking for permission, putting the script on his desk. (laughs) That kid. (laughs) Isn't it a weird turnaround? That's where Aykroyd is now. It's best not to think about those. Please, little kid, will you make my movie? It sounds like it should be a comic book miniseries or an animated movie. Even, but even then, it's like, how do you... I don't know, what's the logistics of it? Do they even go to high school together? Well, I'm guessing they're doing the script. Or maybe Egon... <laughs> I mean, we, we know very little. We all I know assume they all what, met in, what Aykroyd has said. They all met when they got those jobs at the college, right? I don't know. Maybe Egon and Ray were together and then... Peter went to another school. I don't know. I'm sure Dan Aykroyd's got it all He's got worked things. out. It's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. The release date has been pushed back to February 14th, 2020. Reason, they want to take a little more time to make Sonic <laughs> just right. In other words, make Sonic look like Sonic. You know, the little teaser image to put out, it's like artwork. And it's got just Sonic's arm and hand holding a sign with the new release date. Mm. I like that sign. It's a, it's a little spinny thing. That... Well, not yeah, that's good. But you'll notice that Sonic is holding the sign in his hand. He's wearing gloves. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Sonic they designed for this new movie before they change it, he's got white hands. Mm. Weird. So yeah. hopefully they're going to give him a shorter body, a big head. I I saw a... I can't remember. I can't credit the, the creator of the video. But I saw like a like a video that was manipulated and they inserted like an animated Sonic and either from like some of the games or TV shows or whatever into the new trailer and it was, you know, his, I mean, he looked like Sonic and it just, it just worked so much better. It's just, why? Why mess with things? Moving the schedule. <laughs> they did have a release date. They've moved it. Expensive. So what do we need to redo? Sonic. Like, our main character. He's kind of in the movie a lot. He's 100% CGI. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, holy shit. What was the release date? Was It It was this year. Originally this year. So I don't know exactly how many like months August they pushed it back. August or September or something. To, to redo the whole of the CGI, like, I don't think it's like, you know, F4 and <laughs> or something on the keypad just to like, reduce the size. It's like cut and paste. Yeah, it? I think it's a bigger job. Yeah. It's actually probably not as big as we think it is these days. I reckon. You reckon like they've got like a saved file of how it looks and they could just change it? 
Yeah, probably something. And it'll just automatically... I don't know, man. <laughs> or automatically not, change it up the whole that movie. not simple, but... It's going to be broken down to scenes, but then you'd have like teams of people working on different areas. Either way, though, it's a job that if they'd have done it right to begin with, if they'd have maybe ran one focus group... <laughs> I mean, imagine, imagine that first meeting, like, picture, okay, we're going to do a Sonic movie. Okay, so, and, so how is it going to look? It's going to look like this. And that one person said, I have a question. <laughs> so, you know, like, how the millions of dollars later, they're, they're redoing the whole thing. But you know what? Give them credit for listening to, I mean, fans, people, feedback, the audiences, the internet. Um Power to the people. I know, they but listen it, can, and they... it can be a slippery slope because it sounds like the people are right in this scenario, but then the people win. Hurrah. The next, the thing, next time. Maybe they're not so right, but they push so hard. I mean, you hear all the time about focus groups that do get run and movies get fundamentally changed because one bloke somewhere in the world didn't like or agree with a particular thing, so the studio have changed it to, to satisfy this one guy. That who prick. might not have actually paid to see the movie in the first place. <laughs> what a prick. So be careful, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that they're changing it because Sonic looks ridiculous. <laughs> Hopefully Tom and Jerry don't look as ridiculous. Um, a live-action CGI hybrid, that movie, um, it adds Michael Pina as the human antagonist joining Chloe Moretz in the film. Excited for this one? Oh No, I'm not no. excited for this one. <laughs> Just the CGI hybrid, you know, like I think Alvin and the Chipmunks, there's other examples, but that's the only one that's coming to mind. I always go to Rocky Bullwinkle, I don't know why, that one's just always... Yeah, that's the... a bad one too. And then you've got, you know, the Scooby-Doo one, which I guess is probably one of the better ones. But if you're going to do this, and they clearly are, maybe I'm old school, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. I'd much prefer that. Space Jam, give me humans with... 2D animated characters, but maybe that's just well, me even, showing even my Space Jam, it was, it was like a, a 3D rendering over the 2D animated. It was. So it wasn't as flat as but Roger know, Rabbit, but that style, you mean, though. It, they looked like... They, they were literally the characters. They looked exactly how the characters look. Tom and Jerry should look like the characters. I don't want to see like a brown, furry mouse. Take Pokemon Detective Pikachu. The Pokemon looked good. And there's a they reason, did think They yeah. did things for that. Like They changed it. But this... Tom and Jerry should just be cartoons if they're going to put them up against... It's like, I don't want action. a movie where Tom looks like Simba from the new Lion King. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Because that's ridiculous. Don't try and get like a photorealistic. Like, if you're going to do like a live-action animated hybrid, for me, totally, I would prefer 2D. But then we're not the audience. We're not the target audience for this. It's going to be We're a not that movie. prick in the focus. I mean, it's exactly the same with Sonic. Oh no, we are that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're... With Sonic, like, just put the freaking cartoon on the screen. Give him his cartoony eyes and his cartoon shoes and his cartoon gloves. Man, and they are he... doing... So maybe the same thing will happen with <laughs> Tom and Jerry or maybe the same thing will happen for Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers because we got another one. Oh my God. This one, though, is from the Lonely Island's Akiva Schaefer. He's one of the three guys that isn't Andy Samberg yep. or the other one. He's been brought on to direct Disney's live-action CG hybrid Rescue Rangers movie. This is an animated series as a kid that I loved. Mm. And as a kid, like most, I didn't pick up on the fact that one was dressed to look like Magnum P.I. and the other was dressed <laughs> to look like... Indiana Jones. Completely passed me by. I mean, exactly like him. The jacket, the hat. Oh, it wasn't an accident. Like, it was very much <laughs> intentional. 
but these are characters that I like. And, you know, my daughter, my eldest, she's a big Disney fan. So she, whether it's, you know, when she was younger, she watched Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. They pop up in there. And there's been, you know, various other appearances. But not since the 90s have we had Rescue Rangers. With this being a Disney one, there's more reason to think they could go that Simba-looking, well, as a mouse, like realistic-looking mice, which I don't want. Again, exactly the same thing. Cartoons. Give me cartoons. I didn't really see, because I've seen the trailers for Lion King. As a kid, I really liked the Timon and Pumbaa cartoon. Mm. I watched it a lot. So I feel like I spent a lot of time with those characters and really liked the designs. And I'd seen them a little bit in the trailers and that latest trailer where you get that classic shot of them walking across the log and there's the moon and it looks great. But seeing the character posters they've recently put out of Timon and Pumbaa, like, it's like, what the hell? Like, that's a warthog. And, yeah, I mean, that's a... Meerkat. I mean, that is what they, su- they are supposed to look like. But I don't know. Startled me. <laughs> Especially Pumbaa. Like, it's warthog. quite confronting to, to see him on a character poster. I'm, I'm standing by it. 2D animated characters alongside humans. Yeah. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That was... A series of movies. Um, Josh Gad is set to star in a sequel and will play the son of Rick Moranis' original character. I can see that. I, yeah, it works. I, Josh Gad, yeah. And it um, yeah, well, fits within the Disney realm of things. Three movies. There was a TV series that I've not seen. Oh, no, in fact, you know what? I did used to watch a TV series on the Disney Channel back in the 90s. Oh, wow. There was a live-action TV series. The first movie really liked... In fact, you know what? All three. Honey, I shrunk the kids, blew up the kid, shrunk ourselves. Mm. For me, a solid trilogy that I've not seen for a long time, but remembered watching them and really liking them. Great concept, Rick Moranis. To have Josh Gad continuing on that series as the as the dad, I like it. If we get a Rick Moranis cameo, I will. My mind will be blown. Ghostbusters wasn't enough to do it, but I think this could be. It's his movie. Exactly, exactly. He was just one of the moving parts in Ghostbusters, an integral part. I love him in that movie, or those two movies. But this, you're right, was his character, it was his franchise. Just to show up at the end or something, like knock on the door. And the name of the movie as well, Shrunk. Short title, it works. You know, at one point, they were talking about doing another, like a rebooted live-action series on Disney+. Plus. Hmm. Surely this is instead of like maybe it started as a TV series. Oh, and now that's it's a, a good movie. point. Yeah, you don't need to do two. I think maybe they realised. Yeah, like there's something bigger here that we can do it. Why shrink it? <laughs> uh, okay, good. Next story. <laughs> you mentioned in the opening there that it's been a while since we've done one of these. Ordinarily, we put out a movie show fortnightly. It's been three weeks since our last one, so this is old news because it came out just after our last episode but we could not leave this out Chris Rock he's teaming up with Lionsgate to reboot the Shaw franchise I know (laughs) that people don't have to be one thing like Chris Rock we know as being a comedian stand up he's the comedy guy but still this has just thrown me Mm. that he's the one that is going to reboot Saw I'm not even phased that it's him. I'm like, you know, that's fine. Like, he could have many hidden talents inside him. Of course, he, he could, but still, just Chris Rock saw. It's a, I just, I don't know. So that's not working for you, but it's just the fact that it's like, ah, oh, 
They're redoing Saw. That's and where I'm like... Even, uh, I'm not even saying it doesn't work for me. It's just jarring like to hear that that's what's happening now. It's actually it's like exciting. It sounds refreshing. It's like, oh, something new. It's from... like, it's, it'd be as if you're hearing, I don't know, Adam Sandler's looking to reboot A Nightmare on Elm Street. You're like, what? Where's that come from? Holy shit, that could be amazing. Holy crap. <laughs> Netflix, <laughs> get it on your schedule. That has to be one of the next ones. He could play Freddy himself. Okay, maybe you couldn't. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so the new horror film, it's due to be released 23rd of October 2020, so we're getting it next year. Sorry, I'm still thinking about Adam Sandler as you know, Freddy Krueger. I'm glad that I brought that up as an example because it's just occurred to me that it's this is new news that I forgot to include in the show notes. Netflix's new Adam Sandler film after... What's the next one? Murder Mystery. So he's doing Murder Mystery, middle of June, with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. We've both said, looks good, looks fun. Ordinarily, Netflix would wait until the next one is released before announcing another, but it's been revealed that they're doing a new one, and it's going to be a Halloween comedy, and the name, I'm going from memory here, is Hubby Halloween. Something like that. And Hubby is Sandler's character, and he somehow has to do something comedic, horror. To save Halloween or something. Exactly. Yeah. That's what happens when we do the news from memory. <laughs> this could be crazy. If he shows up in that movie at some point dressed as Freddy Krueger, holy shit. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, Sandler, Netflix. But anyway, yes, yeah, so Chris Rock. <laughs> Let's not get too too strayed from the from the news. Well, Saw. Do you want more Saw? I've not seen Legacy, to be honest. So, But then, Chris Rock, I'm at least intrigued. Like, what's happening? Is he going to pop up? Are we going to see the opening credits? It's going to be and Chris Rock, just so his name's on it more than whether he's writing, producing, mm. and he can pop up if they can use him in the trailer. Look, we've got Chris Rock. I'm just completely surprised by this <laughs> by this news. Um, all right, we've got Christopher Nolan's next film. Um, it will be officially titled Tenet. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Kenneth Branagh, and Michael Caine. Michael Caine, have all joined the cast of the international espionage movie. So it's international. It's espionage. Sounds good. (laughs) Christopher Nolan? Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, I've seen all of his movies but one. I still haven't seen Dunkirk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, good. It's fine. fine. (laughs) But we're interested in this? Um, Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, I've seen seen all of his movies. Yeah, and and it's no doubt going to be two and a half, three hours long. You heard it here first. Hans Zimmer soundtrack. uh. (laughs) I don't think he's attached. I think he's doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. Mixing things up. More news from memory. Ah, but Michael Caine's in it, so that's... Yeah, so you know. And I'm sure there'll be a few more. Tom Hardy will probably pop up. Yeah. Yeah. TV news then. Straight (laughs) on to TV news. Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons. The CW announces a Deathstroke animated series is coming to CW Seed. This is, of course, following Constantine's City of Demons, Freedom Fighters The Ray, and Vixen. They put two seasons out of that. Vixen. These are animated webisodes that, with City of Demons, they did patch it together as a R-rated movie, which was fun. Yep. Matt Ryan came back as Constantine, and that is typically what they do with these CW seed animated shows. They are set within the Arrowverse. So more Deathstroke from that world. Sounds good. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We know this series is coming. 
six episode miniseries, which I think is a good number. So they're going to be what you reckon at 45, 50 minutes. So about six hours per series. Yeah. It's like two Avengers movies. Yeah, damn. <laughs> well, we've got some casting news. Captain America Civil War stars Daniel Brawl and Emily Van Camp, who played the villain Zemo and spy Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Peggy Carter's grandniece, they're set to reprise their roles. This is exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I mean, Zemo was a great villain, I'd say. I mean, he's a memorable one. I'm glad to see him back in, in some capacity anyway. Like, where did he go? What did he do after Civil War? And just having the antagonist on TV, like on the big screen, he killed Black Panther's father. He made you know, an he's, impact. He's a big time villain. He You're right. That made, made an impact. impact in the MCU. Like he made an impact. And being the one that was manipulating Winter Soldier in that movie just really plays into his own series. Yeah, so he can tie directly ties into the main character of the of one of the main characters of the show. Because when they first announced this, it's sort of like, oh, well, there was that one scene in Civil War where Bucky and Sam kind of like nodded and smiled, and then somebody at Marvel's gone, TV deal. Let's get them a show. <laughs> but there's more to it than that, and it is looking to be almost like a spin-off from Civil War, mm. which is a phenomenal movie. I think it sounds really good. Yeah. And we didn't get to see Sharon Carter come back in Endgame. They forgot about her. I think they purposely oh, left yeah. her out, you know, because of the whole All situation the thing. With, yeah. Yeah, with Peggy and yeah, like you know, just to try and not remind people of that. Do you reckon we're going to get at all an old man cap like Chris Evans having a cameo at the beginning oh, or I end? Think it could be very, no, it could be very possible. Maybe unlikely, but possible. Or maybe they even open it with the end of Endgame. Because right, everybody so, that was going to watch it would have seen it by that point. Right, so repurposing the footage. Don't actually have to get Chris Evans back, but... Repurpose the footage and have the show start at that moment. Because we wow. see that Bucky is completely happy for Sam to have the shield. But what happens next? We could see that over the next six mm. hours. <laughs> We've had Marvel shows before. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's, you know, Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, like all these other shows that are set within the universe, but don't actually... <laughs> but not really. <laughs> ...connect too closely. The closest example you're going to get is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like they will mention something. But, but even It sounds then. like <laughs> these the, these Disney Plus shows are very much within that world. I mean, like Loki is potentially spinning off into a different reality from Endgame, and then we've got the WandaVision, ridiculous style, show. <laughs> We're getting that. And it feels like a continuation of that world. So on the big screen, if we're going to be getting two, three movies a year, and then these miniseries on Disney+. Plus, Just getting a, a real Marvel Cinematic Universe. And these are, these are all Marvel Studios made. So it's 100% their creativity, and it is their choices. That's it. So everything that happens, will there will be a back and forth with the connection. And it's it's the actors. That's what's really exactly, doing it for yeah. me. It's do you know what I mean? It's not like okay, so he played him on the big screen. Who can we get for the TV version? Yeah, same that's guy. The same guy. <laughs> All guys. Guys and gal. Guys and girls. Du, 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 du. Marvels. Jessica Jones. Oh, speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> um the third season, the final season, uh, returns fourteenth of June. So if you're listening to this after the 14th of June, where have you been? But um, otherwise, yeah. And did you watch away. it? <laughs> did you watch it? Did you like it? Like it? Let us know. <laughs> I've struggled through a lot of them, like 
the Punisher. People seem to love it. Didn't really do a lot for me, but I finished all the Marvel Netflix shows, and some of them were difficult watches. Mm. Very dry, long, but it's finally over. I've got just <laughs> 13 hours of yeah. Jessica Jones to do, and then I am free. I feel like, you know when I dropped off, I, I said I wasn't going to continue with, with these. Um, yeah, I stopped, and now with, with them all being cancelled, with... I, like Disney taking a new direction with what I can expect to see. I reckon we'll see like a new Daredevil, a new maybe Jessica Jones at some point in a movie or somewhere else. It has to be two years since they last appeared. Right. But at some point, I don't know when, but at some point, yeah, I reckon these shows will just be removed from continuity. Uh, I think maybe even recasting. To be honest. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah like, I think that is going to happen. It would be a shame because I'm saying that some of these shows did drag, but it was never the actors. Nah, you know they were always Christian giving good was, performances. Um, Christian Week, no, Christian Ritter, sorry, was amazing. Um, I just it's Charlie Cox, too long. Yeah, like when they did the Defenders, I think it was like eight episodes. Even then, they had a filler episode, but that it's a tight number of episodes. Mm-hmm. Thirteen hours, too long. The tick. Cancelled. Damn. <laughs> yep. Two seasons, Amazon has cancelled it. So you're upset? The first <laughs> half of The Tick I thought was absolutely brilliant. And they originally presented it as season one. And we did an episode on Sounds Like Comics all about The Tick, thinking it was the first season. It had a nice cliffhanger. And then they announced season one, part two. And it wasn't as entertaining and I still haven't finished season two. So I like the idea of the tick being out there, good cast, but the show just, it wasn't enough tick. Although he's in it a lot, it's his show, not enough of his world. Like they're doing their, like coming up with their own characters, and it's like knowing and, and really liking the comic, that isn't what the show is. Something about it didn't tick. Correct. <laughs> well done. Well, the Patrick Stewart starring new Trek series has an official title, Star Trek Picard. Love it. To the point. <laughs> I mean, it's what it is. I think we may have even said that title on the podcast. Well, I was still under the impression that I was like, you know, Patrick Stewart will feature, Picard will feature, potentially the main character or, you know, amongst an ensemble cast, but it will still be about a crew of characters, but he will be in the show, of course. Having it called Picard, like, oh, wow, it really is about Picard. I'd always known that it was his show. Like, Mm. There's been no talks, really, I'll get to it in a minute until recently, of other characters appearing. It's always been about Admiral Picard after he retires. I didn't know until this teaser trailer they put out there, he'd been running a vineyard. I didn't know that was was happening. That poster where it's the Starfleet logo with the vineyard. Ridiculous. Beautiful. (laughs) It is. It looks good, but it's like... Who who does that? <laughs> I don't think in the show he does that because that's a bit obsessive, isn't it? It's like if he purposely set the vines gonna, out in that show. I'm going to plant my crops like the uh, Starfleet symbol. No one will know I was ever Starfleet unless they're overhead. <laughs> and they will know. But I'm interested in this. But uh, what I briefly just touched on there, Brent Spiner is rumoured to be back as Data, which to me is very problematic because he is so much older now. And even in the later next-gen movies, like Data what? clearly aged. Because mm, he's like a robot, android, whatever it is. Hey, yes. Android. Mm. Maybe he's like Terminator. It's got like synthetic skin. Starts aging. Yeah. 
I think maybe if he is in it, and this is just a rumour, that they spend a lot of money on having him look younger. Oh, true, yeah. But either way, this Picard teaser has me excited. The title works, not too creative, to the <laughs> point, but it is Star Trek Picard. Fair enough. Yeah, it gives a clear focus on what it is. It's literally what it says on the tin. You open it up, Picard. Just a little bowl. No surprises. A bowl man just pops out of that tin. Little ball bean. Picard. <laughs> Mick G has announced that he is developing a True Lies TV series for Disney Plus. What? <laughs> Disney Plus? Yeah, Disney Plus. <laughs> They're making all the TV. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis starred in the 94 action film. Also, Jim Cameron. We talked about him earlier. Yeah, that's it. You know, great film. Great film. But I think it's the concepts they're going to put on TV. Mm. And they're just going to do their own thing. But that film worked so well for me, for Curtis Schwarzenegger. Mm. They were great in that. Oh, definitely. Like, and now we're getting it on TV and on Disney Plus. Like, you think surely Hulu or something? Like, I mean, that's right. I mean, yeah. Disney now what major stakes in Hulu? Or I think so. Yeah. Completely? So I think they have. Well, they have full creative control. I think of of the platform. So. Yeah, you think this would be a mature content item that they would put on? I mean, I can see how they could pitch a more family-friendly action comedy, True Lies. I I can see it working that way. I mean, I don't know in Australia, but in the UK, I think it was like Certificate 15, that first movie. Definitely an M rating here. Yeah, so... A minimum. Yeah, M rating, I think it was fun. I I was going to say you could put it on at 8 o'clock, but then it's Disney Plus. Exactly. They don't need to. Yeah. they could do what they want, man. All they need that, to do is true. just slap a rating on it. Watch at your discretion. Whether it's the afternoon, the night, doesn't matter. So maybe the tone will be closer to that first movie. But then, if I want to watch True Lies, I'll just watch True Lies. I don't need Isn't to see... That right? Isn't that right? I don't need to see the TV series. But then they could put out the first trailer, and I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> this looks great. Stanley's final project. Um, it was a kids' cartoon starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's called Stanley's Superhero Kindergarten. Um, animated comedy action adventure series will feature the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the lead role, Arnold Armstrong, while Deadpool <laughs> comic book writer Fabian Nicieza, I think, scripts the episodes. So in the show, Arnold plays a gym teacher who transformed into the superheroic Captain Courage when Earth passes through the dust left behind by a mysterious comet. Um, after a lengthy superhero career, Captain Courage extends all his powers in a final battle against Nemesis Doctor Superior. Five years later, superpowered children start to emerge following an explosion of super energy particles. Now, undercover as a regular kindergarten gym teacher, Arnold will train the new generation of superpowered five year olds. Kindergarten Cop meets Sky High, maybe. <laughs> and that's why we're talking about it. Stan Lee, Kindergarten Cop with superpowers, but the very last thing you said, or, yeah, five-year-olds. <laughs> Five-year-old. It's going to be a kid's show. Whether it's the Magic School Bus, Disney Junior are making a Rocketeer TV series right. that is like a six, seven-year-old girl that's wearing the jetpack. This is a kid's show, but it just seems to... Scream out what we like to talk about on, on this podcast. But apparently, Arnold Schwarzenegger killing people. Yes. Well, maybe not here. But apparently, years ago, like a conversation between Stanley and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnie was talking about how he did like doing comedy. And one of his favourites that he made was Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. 
and it kind of grew from there. And it just seems nice that, you know, it's an idea that, you know, Stanley was having and it's going to get put out as a, as a kid show. You know, it's, you know, little kids are going to come to the show and I don't know, there's going to be like there's nice messages. Nice. Yeah, 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 there's something nice about this. It's like, it makes me happy. As, a, as his last project, yeah, it's like, oh, this is nice. But the title, bit of a mouthful, Stanley's Superhero Kindergarten. I mean, it will just be called Superhero Kindergarten. The Stanley part will just be... I mean, in the title, but as part of a promotional... Oh, I suppose, because there's that... um, Is it James Nesbitt, the show on Sky One in the UK, and it's The Lucky Man, and then the full title is Stanley's The Lucky Man. But you don't call it But it's just referred to as The Lucky Man. Wasn't it Stanley's, like, Stripperella or something? Yeah, with Pamela Anderson. Mm. Maybe they'll do a crossover with this. Maybe, maybe. That would be pretty... Inappropriate. (laughs) Pretty crazy. (laughs) Rick and Morty, the fourth season, is coming this year. It's big news. Like John Wick, this is something that you don't watch or haven't watched. I try. I just don't get it. Honestly, man. Send me I've, hate mail. I I've talked it. about this before. Like, I, I tried when it first appeared on Netflix, and it just didn't really do it for me. I'm a big fan of Back to the Future, and it just seemed like they were just using that concept and taking the piss. I Be- went back to it a yeah. second time, still wasn't getting it, and then you thought, you know what? It's just sitting there on Netflix. I'm going to push past that first episode. A couple of episodes in, Fell in love with the show. It is absolutely brilliant. Seems like press on. Yeah, press Just on. Just a couple of episodes. I, I, sometimes the show needs that. Like you can't like form your opinion on one or two episodes. For me, this show is an example of that. And then it's just bonkers, high concept. The jokes come thick and fast. Uh, the animation style is great, and there's it is a really good show. So we don't know exactly when, but we just know that the fourth season will be out this year. Wubble ubba dub dub. It's kind of a thing that, that oh. Rick says. Um, Netflix will release Dark Crystal Age of Resistance on August 30th, 2019. Did you see the trailer? I glanced at it and I shrugged it off. You know, I watched it as a kid, but it, I think he was. I was watching it because there wasn't too much of anything else. Like, you know, <laughs> we're spoiled for choice nowadays. I don't know if I will watch. But were you, were you a fan of Dark Crystal? No, I watched it. Like I wasn't. Yeah. I was never like a fan of it. But, but if it was on, it. I would watch it. it. It would hold my attention. But I was never a fan. I've never. Really I was liked more it. of. I was more of. Like I liked the labyrinth, but then like Dark Crystal was just like it's just too weird for me. I just couldn't deal. But then you know, I put up the trailer, the poster on social media, and people a lot of people yeah. responded positively to it. Like there is a fan base out there, and I'm not good at it written down here, but there's a huge cast attached to this series as well. Also on Netflix, The Magic Order. Are you familiar with this one? Sounds familiar, actually. But, uh, Is it a book? It's adapted from a comic by Mark Miller. You know him, Kick-Ass and oh, yes, all of yes. that. James Wan will be executive producing the show. The Magic Order follows the story of five magical families defending themselves from a mysterious assassin. This, I also heard, was going to be a TV show. Similar to The Kitchen... I stopped reading because I wanted to watch the series again. Image Comics don't want that. They want me to continue buying and reading the book. Strong concept. Was really enjoying it, holding out for the TV series. I mean, you'll buy, you'll potentially buy the stuff later. Well, that's it. I mean, I did that with the Umbrella Academy. Like, watched yeah. and loved that first season. Went out and picked up the first trade. Madness. Silicon Valley will end after its upcoming sixth season. Yeah, we've been waiting to hear something about the sixth season for a while. HBO was really holding out, and then they announced that it's going to be the last. 
This is a show that I've just loved from the beginning. You've been a big fan, yeah. Big fan. It's, yeah. It is a really good show. Tight script, great cast. It is really good. And this is by Mike Judge. You know him from Beavis and Butthead, Office Works. Right. Not Office Works. That's a shop in Australia. <laughs> office Office Space. <laughs> office <laughs> you know, he works at Office Works. Yeah. yeah, you know, Mike Judge, he works out back. Bar some pens. But yeah, <laughs> Silicon Valley, it really is a great show. It's good. For a series to come to an end on a high, you know, not drift off into push it too far and people get bored of it. Yeah, and then it can become, you can pick up the box in and be like, this is a good show start to finish. Have you ever seen the UK TV show Peep Show? I Yeah, yeah. Well, the odd episode, I haven't religiously watched it, but the odd episode uh, when it's on TV. David Mitchell, Robert Webb, absolutely love it at the show. So funny. It is great. And if you've not seen it, you're experiencing things from the character's perspective. So you're like the inner monologue. You'll be seeing like through their eyes. Not for the whole show, but that's that's the... Not so much... Well, yeah, gimmick. That's the thing that they have that's that another their, show doesn't yeah, have. That's their so plot it's, device. It's unique to that show. In the US, they're going to be doing a, a remake. And this has been done many times before. Probably the most successful... The Office. The most successful English to US remake. Well, comedy, uh, in terms of yeah. comedy sitcom, yeah. With this one, community writer Carrie Donetto will be penning the script and it's getting a gender swap. So instead of it being two blokes, it's two women. I mean, I, that I, that sounds fine. To me, like, you'll get a different perspective on the world, I guess, which can be quite humorous and funny. They can play with a few things there. And, I mean, essentially, I'm glad that they're just doing new characters as well. And I said gimmick. I should say concept. Yeah, it's a well, concept. There's, yeah. there's certain characters like, I don't know, Super Hands, like an out-there character. Like, I hope they don't feel as though they need to gender-swap every character. I feel like they're probably just going to... Just delete. They're just going to adapt the, the concept. But a lot of what I love about Peep Show, it's Mitchell and Webb. And that's yeah, that's that's true. So it it's going to come down to the casting. Like I remember, you know, they did a US remake of The Inbetweeners on MTV, mm. and I watched that first episode, and it's like, what is this? Oh, I mean, MTV do really bad remakes. Did you, it did just, you ever watch Skins? Both no, versions. No. I mean, love the 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 British show. The US one is shocking, terrible. But Inbetweeners, it is them four guys exactly. And then Greg Davis as head of year, like that is the show. And then it's. And it's very British as well. And so is Peep Show. So they're going to have to, like, you know, run it through a US filter, which, again, they did very successfully with The Office. So, so with The Office, you could say, you know, if we were going back in the day when I was like, oh, they're doing a US version of The Office, you could say, well, Ricky Gervais is a big element of The Office, which is what I like. But then The Office is very successful with But then I'm saying it comes down to the casting as well. So you're going from Ricky Gervais to Steve Carell, like another, like, great comedian. Well, that's, that's very true, yeah. <laughs> Let's see who we get. That's something so to look out for. Peep Show needs two Steve Carells. And then they'll be okay. Shit. Two female Steve Carells. And that was a weird image. <laughs> I mean, I just, my mind went to Melissa McCarthy and somebody else. But well, she's busy doing movies. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig? Uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig. Oh, you know what? Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy. We've not done even, it, right? I reckon even... them two together. We've seen it. Well... Lots of times now. We've seen it yeah. Ghostbusters, Bridesmaids, and maybe, again, somewhere else. But Kristen Wiig, I like yeah. that, maybe. Recommend. That's it for TV news, I should say. And then I should say, recommend. Uh, what are you going to recommend 
today. I'm going to recommend um, this movie I randomly came across called You Might Be the Killer. It's a 2018 uh, meta supernatural slasher film directed by Brett Simmons and stars uh, Fran Krantz and Alison Hannigan. So we know Alison Hannigan. We know who she is. Um, so it's set at Camp Clear Vista. Um, we follow the lead counsellor and camp owner, Sam, played by Krantz. He calls his friend Chuck, played by Hannigan. Um, she's a horror movie enthusiast working at a comic book store. Sam explains that a mass murderer is loose on the campgrounds and has killed a lot of counsellors. Um, having blacked out during most of the kills, Sam begins recounting the first day at the camp. Um, Sam and Chuck eventually conclude that because he's covered in blood, holding the killer's signature blade and possesses a mysterious wooden mask... Sam may actually be the killer, and his blackouts are preventing him from remembering. So this movie is—it's meta. It's a meta take on the slasher movies. Um, it blends horror and comedy. It's fairly light in tone, but there's a ton of actually really well executed slasher set pieces. So you get all of that with it as well. It's deconstructive on the genre. It's fun, um, and it has an unconventional narrative structure, which actually really works for something a bit different to the slasher type of movie. Check it out. It's a random thing that I just accidentally came across. Cool. I'm going to recommend Chris Farley, Anything for a Laugh. Oh, it's going to make me sad. I <laughs> am a big Chris Farley fan. You know, whether it was Saturday Night Live, Tommy Boy, mm. which is a favourite. And We talked about Chris Farley recently on the podcast. I recommended Adam Sandler's Stand Up, which... If you've not seen it on Netflix, check that out. It is absolutely phenomenal. And he does a song about Chris Farley. And that almost brings me to tears every time. And it's such a beautiful song. And and Chris Farley, we've had a documentary about him before. I am Chris Farley. This one, though, different to that one, it's we're spending more time with people that knew him, not just famous people, but family members, his brothers, and the charting from his childhood all the way up through his rise and unfortunate demise. Like it is the whole story of Chris Farley. So we're getting to the part when they're talking Tommy Boy. And I'm seeing things from Tommy Boy that I never even knew. So I'm a big Chris Farley fan and I'm finding things out about him for the first time in this documentary. It's very well put together. It's, yeah, it is, oh man, like such a big fan of Farley. But that previous documentary and this one as well, like you just, he was such a tortured soul. Like he could really turn it on. He could be that really funny guy, but then you're seeing, you hear that when he's not being Chris Farley, he has those quiet moments where he's just this sad guy. Whether it's you know he's got like substance abuse, and whether it's you know his his like his appearance and not feeling accepted. Like there's there's so there's so much sadness to this documentary, but it is beautifully put together, and of course. David Spade's in there and everyone's in there and they're showing clips from like the original um, like roughs they put together for Shrek and finding that Shrek and Donkey hearing in this podcast were actually based on Farley and Spade in Tommy Boy that's where those characters came from and you do get some roughs and some animations of Farley as Shrek and it's unfortunate that never happened but Tommy Boy is such a great movie one of my all-time favourite comedies, like, without comparison. And just hearing that a lot of that movie was based on Farley and Spade in real life. And they'd say things in the office at SNL, and it'd get written into the movie. 
So I highly recommend checking it out. Chris Farley, anything for a laugh. And some trivia. As we always like to close out on trivia on this show. Remember that movie Mortal Kombat from 1995? Mortal Kombat! Well, I thought, you know what? Maybe there's some trivia there that I can use to close <laughs> out the show. And I'm coming across things that I never, never knew. Bridget Wilson had read and auditioned for the part of Sonya Blade several times, but due to the long casting process, she chose to do Billy Madison, which also came out in 95. I had a feeling we'd be talking about Adam Sandler this show. Mm. And Chris Farley, because he's also in Billy Madison. Anyway, back to Mortal Kombat. Christina Applegate was also considered for the role, but Cameron Diaz was cast after the producers saw dailies of her from The Mask, which came out in 94. However, Diaz broke her wrist during training just before filming. Fortunately, filming on Billy Madison had just wrapped, making Wilson available again. She happily took the role, even if it meant that she had to be flown to the set the next day and had to train for the big fight scene in between shooting the rest of the movie. Wow. That's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> but there we go. Like We've got a busy few weeks for it. <laughs> but it was going to be Cameron Diaz. Yeah, wow. And we had to wait until what? Charlie's Angels in 2000 to see, to see a kick-ass? Kick yeah, to see a kick someone. <laughs> but we nearly saw it in 95. Oh. That's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Films Your Podcast. And don't forget our new website, thatfilmsyourpodcast.com. If you haven't already, make sure you check out our recent reviews of Brightburn and Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've watched it. Um, I had to wait for this guy to watch it. But Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin, that's our next review. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film studio. Oh, was that your story? No, that was my story. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay.